Dave Wise work. Bless you, sir. <laughs> Listen, we have another episode. Welcome to episode 28 of the Black and White Men Talking Podcast. Yeah, myself, Leslie Peters, joined by the best guy you could ever meet in this world on this side of heaven, Mr. Dave Wiseware. Oh my gosh, you're so full of crap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Dave, I tell you, you you know, um, I always say, if you, if you want to get, my friends used to say, if you want to debate, Leslie is always up for it. He'll wake up out of the sleep to debate you. So, um, which consequently was my line name when I pledged uh, my fraternity, which was the debater, right? Is that right? Wow. So, and you know, from the many conversations we have and that we just get to do it in real life and it's part of our business. We we talk debate issues every week on Black and White Men Talking. But before we get into the issue that we're going to talk about today, I just want to kind of recap you. If you're new and you're joining us for the first time, what we do here at Black and White Men Talking is we take two perspectives. Now, Dave and I, I know we look like twins. We look like (laughs) you'd be hard, hard pressed to tell us apart. Um, But we're really not. And and what you have is a black man that comes from one perspective and a white man that comes from a totally different perspective that has built a true genuine friendship. And what we show people is how to do that. Because what we found, Dave is a better man and I am a better man by us having this friendship. That's right. And so how did we get here? There's a process and most people have no idea of how to get here. And they they end up butchering the process and driving a wedge, even deeper wedge in the process of trying to create it. And so we are the solution to really show people how to truly build genuine friendships. And when you build genuine friendships, here's what it'll do. It'll prevent you from saying something stupid or doing something stupid to hurt somebody else because you don't want to hurt a friend. That's right. He's going to stop a lot of the foolishness that you're doing now if you build genuine friendships. But if you just have a surface level friendship, it's not going to prevent you from doing those things because you're not vested in and you truly don't care about what happens to the other person and how they feel. So we teach you how to do that. Now, it sounds easy, but I'm going <laughs> to let Dave jump in. It is not easy if you don't know the plays to run and the playbook to execute in order to make that happen. So that's what we walk you through here at Black and White Men Talking. Dave? Yeah, you're you're right, Leslie. You know, we're both football guys. We love sports, but we love football, and we played a lot. And uh, I broke a lot of bones. I don't know about you, but I was a, a tailback. And so I had 11 guys that were trying to take my head off. And uh, sometimes they pretty well did it. But, uh, but you know, you got to have a playbook. You got to be smart uh, about life. Uh, and as we get older, we realize, you know, being young and dumb and stupid and saying ugly things, that doesn't really get you anywhere. It, it just is exhausting. And it's just a big lie is, is what it is. Because, Leslie, we're on the same team, buddy. And if you're a human being, we're on the same team, okay? Now, we have a lot of differences, and we play a lot of different roles, but we're on the same team. And, and the sooner we realize that, the better. And, and and we need to realize, I read a book this week by John Maxwell. Uh, he's a just a, a – a, a, he's a worldwide leader 
uh, in management and leadership, and he talks about that. But he wrote a new book about the 16 uh, laws of uh, communication, and he, and he just talks about collaboration and how critical it is that we talk, that we get other people's ideas and perspectives, because we sit in our own little world and we think we, we have the answers. We don't. And he talked about how he studied certain problems forever, just studied, study, study. And then he wrote it up in a book or in a, in a memo and he put it out there. And all of a sudden, within hours, he had so many different perspectives that, that he thought, wow, that's interesting. They improved upon my ideas and I'd been working on them for months. And, and in a matter of hours, they improved on those things. And I think we need to learn from people like John Maxwell that are that are smart and they're gifted and they're leaders and they can tell us, hey, learn from other people. And and to do that, you've got to respect other people. You got to be open to their ideas. You got to be open to them as, as a brother or sister. And 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 so many times we just we're just stuck in our own stupid world and we won't open up to those ideas because we're maybe ignorant or afraid or whatever the deal is, but don't ever forget we're on the same team. We need to get together and, and we'll win together and we're not going to win separately. We're just going to, you know, go down the bumpy road and make mistakes and we're, we're both going to lose out. Now we're not going to lose maybe ultimately, but we'll lose out because together we are better. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So with that being said, let's get into the debates. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, this one I don't even think would be debate because I know my friend on the other side. And one thing he is about is truth and honesty and fairness. This is going to be a healthy discussion to really educate you on something that's, that's dear. And so when you have true friendships, if it's something that affects my friend, it also affect, it, it affects me. If it's something that affects me, it also affects him. And so that's what you're going to see today. But that's the benefit of having a true friendship, because that's that's what you do. And so um, and that same friend, he'll tell me when I'm wrong. He'll tell me when I'm slacking. <laughs> he'll kind of get on my butt. I get on his because we want each other to win. Right. So that's what it looks like. So what we're going to dive into today is why are the black organizations leaving Florida? Uh, you may or may not have heard. Um, some of the controversy and things going on that's really coming out of uh, Governor Ron DeSantis um, move to eliminate African-American studies in the state of Florida. Um, and <laughs> this concept of really pushing a narrative and his statements that he made that forced labor, which in case you don't understand, forced labor is slavery. That's, that's what he was referring to. He said the forced labor of slavery benefited African-Americans. Now, I've been I've been an African-American a long time. <laughs> and I will tell you. I wasn't a slave. I'm a descendant of slaves. But I bet you if I could pick up the phone and call one right now. I bet you if I could call five thousand. I bet you none of them would tell me how they benefited benefited from slavery. Yeah. See, see, so, so those kind of comments in mainstream 
media of, in the in the year of 2023 really shows us how far we have to go. Mm-hmm. Really shows us why black and white men talking has so much work to do, and why you guys need to call on us to help you do it. Because I can assure you, there's some of these same thoughts that are in your corporate organizations, in your nonprofit organization, in your school staff, and and it's it's preventing great things from happening. That's right, because there's an undercurrent there, and so when you hear somebody say something that's so hurtful and so derogatory, it changes your ability to work with that person in the same manner. It changes how you move around that person. It changes your morale and how you feel about going to work. And then watch this. Then if that particular person that makes these kind of statements is in leadership and they continue to get promoted in advance (laughs) and they're making statements like this, then it can literally destroy and cripple an organization. Yeah. Right. So that's that's where you have to build true relationships. So people are not afraid to hold people accountable, because I can assure you, if somebody says something crazy today that's black, I'm going to check it. And and likewise. Right. But that's not happening in environments where your leadership is not in tune to see it in the early stages. And are not equipped with the tools to fix it and redirect it. Right. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So when we say why are all the organizations. So let me go to an article here. So the the largest African American, well, it's not just African American, it's actually interracial. Uh we've been that way since 1953, I believe. All right. But it's predominantly black. Greek fraternity, the oldest, the coldest Alpha Phi Alpha, the men of Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity incorporated, incorporated, which I happen to be a member of the men of distinction and that illustrious group. We uh, voted and we pulled, our leadership made the decision to pull our 2025 national convention out of the state of Florida. We're going to start the way. And then there's many more to, to follow. NAACP has issued a travel advisory against Florida. I will be making my last trip to Florida um, in September because I had already paid for it. But after that, Florida will not see me for a minute. <laughs> uh, and if they do, I'll just be passing through. It won't, I won't be staying there for no length of time um, unless we do something different. And uh, change the messaging. And I think hopefully we'll get to that point as people step up. But that's that's kind of what's going on in Florida. Those comments were made. All the African-American studies have been removed from the curriculums. And so I think I wanted to just get your perspective on it, Dave, uh, coming from the other side of it, your perspective on how we sit in 2023 and we have a public figure such as the governor of the state that has just in this year alone has attacked LBGQ, LBGTQ community, has attacked the um, African-American community, has attacked Disney, which is the largest employer in the state. What do you think about this? <laughs> well, there's a lot there, Leslie. Way to go. Just load up my plate and <laughs> here you digest this thing, Dave. Um, man, you're a gooberhead. <laughs> 
you know, and I appreciated one of your comments there, uh, Leslie. You talked about being honest and open and 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 being a friend. Okay, that means sometimes saying, "Hey, wait a minute, I disagree with what you're saying." What right. explain a little bit? But right. intellectual honesty. Okay, that's that's really what we're looking for is is being honest. Okay, if if uh, someone in my family screws up. They screw up, and I need to admit that, okay? If it's my son or daughter or whatever, uncle, aunt, okay, we need to admit that and say, wait a minute, um, I'm, I can't follow along with that because I disagree. You know, I've got to draw that line. Um, the other thing, I, I really like the idea uh, of choice. You can choose whether you patronize you know florida or any state or wherever you know whatever store you want to go to if you have a store and they're doing things that, that you don't approve of okay don't spend your money there you should have that choice and it's it's shouldn't be a, a big deal just say hey that is something that i i don't want to be a party to i don't want to put my money into it too bad that our taxes uh we pay go into a lot of things uh that right. in my opinion are morally morally uh reprehensible uh, but you know, I, I have to pay my taxes and we, and we do. So um, now the thing is that I want to step into and say, okay, I would like to know the context of, of things that are being said and, and, and more and specifically what was said. Now, if we go back to the, um, the LBTQ, I'm not sure exactly how to do all that. Um, yeah, no, right. about it. It, it, I think it changes, but, but, but that community uh, I know there was a bill that was actually passed, and what they were saying is, we don't want to teach sex education to third graders, second graders, first graders, and kindergarten. We don't want that in in those grade levels. Which to me, it's like okay, that and it never said anything about you know discriminating against you know uh, that community. It said we're not want, wanting to teach sex education period, you know, any of this sex stuff at that age. And I'm thinking if I would have been in third grade and they tried to teach me this stuff, I just said, you know, I'd like no way. And so, and I agree with, with that kind of stuff. It's like, wait a minute, there's appropriate ages to teach certain material, you know, to, to our kids. Okay. And I think the parents, the, the, the school boards, they should have some of that uh, authority to do, you know, set those guidelines and, and stuff. And I, I know it stirs up a lot of stuff, but, but I think we need to protect our children, number one, okay? Especially when you have schools that that if their grades are, are their scores are low for math, English, science, you know, all these basic, you know, life skills that you need, okay? Uh, if you can't communicate, if you can't, you know, if you don't have the right, uh, you know, communication skills and they're trying to teach you something else, it's like, wait a minute, let's get the basics first. That's That's my opinion. Let's get a solid footing on what it takes to survive as, as a productive adult, you know, and, 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 and so forth. Now I don't, I did not hear exactly all this about the governor saying, uh, and I'm a conservative guy, yeah, yeah. very conservative. And so um, typically I'm very open to, you know, free market, you know, capitalism, people having freedom of choice, especially, you know, whether they come and go and do certain things. Right. Um, but, the, you know, and I don't know the context, but it, it doesn't matter if you're well, saying. Let me, let me help you with that, because I think in fairness, let me give you the context. I want to I want to give you that 
and fairness so you can react to the actual facts of what was said. Okay? That's what I want. Yeah, so I, think, I think that's great. So um, again, that's why he's my great. He's my good friend because he's gonna he gonna make <laughs> me spell it out. So I, I'm gonna read it, and this is from the AP, and this will give you some background on it. Okay, so. Um, African American instead, African American leaders decry what they call a pattern of policy violence against people of color imposed by the DeSantis administration that reached a low point after the recent release of the anti woke public school curriculum on Black history. Specifically, Florida's teachers are now required to instruct middle school students that enslaved people develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. Okay. All right. So now I'm now listen, I go through, I've gone through some hell in my life and I'm better for it. Okay. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and I think, I think people go through stuff and they're better for it, but, but to say, as a whole, that's, you know, you got to be careful because it's like, wait a minute, we can't condone slavery in any way, any fashion whatsoever. Slavery is wrong, whether it's uh, outright, you know, taking a, of humans and using them, or it's by boxing them in through maybe a, a cancel type court culture where you can't say certain things or you can't because you don't have that freedom. But to, to take that out of black you know, history and take that out of the schools. Is that actually a, a mandatory thing? That yeah. they no, no, that's that's mandatory. So they're, the teachers are now required. It's been mandatory in law. It's called the anti-woke public school curriculum on black history. It's just on black history. Yeah. <laughs> and it says Florida teachers are now required to instruct middle school students. And you know, how impressionable middle school students are. Oh, right, 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 right. To instruct middle school students that enslaved people develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. Now, I'm a fair guy and I'm pretty open-minded, but I got to push back on this all the way because here is what we know historically. Black people came to this country with skills. Yes. We came here with skills and America was built off the free labor of black folks. Yes. Because you weren't paying us. So it was forced. It wasn't our choice. Yeah. It was forced. Right. So you can't. So to me, right, you can't say one thing that's morally bankrupt and then come back and try to say it's a benefit. No, that's almost to say one sin is greater than another. It's, it's, it's not. And so, and then you say, so I put, I said, all right, what skills did we develop? Because because what I saw from history, it wasn't no teaching. No. <laughs> you was in the field, you do this, you do that. And it was beaten. But you telling me they developed skills. And, and so, I know a thing or two about development. And yeah. when you develop a talent, or you develop somebody, you talk to them, you mentored, you poured into them, it ain't no force, nothing. Yeah. So we we're 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 at a point now where you're gonna require teachers to teach African American kids 
that I know your people were slaves, but they benefited from the slavery by getting skills that they were developed. No, that's not true. And well, the audacity of that to me um, gets complicated when you look at, even if you go back into what Christopher Columbus said when he discovered the, the Mary, he said that, you know, go back into the original thing, he says it's a great new land, but America could only be America today and catapults ahead so fast because when you look at the South, the whole South, the whole country at one point was developed by free labor. So you could you could expand because you didn't have to pay the labor cost. And everybody knows the most expensive part in business is the labor. Yeah, that's why the South collapsed. See, North, where, where I'm from, you know, Indiana and and my family, uh, we did not have, you know, the slave labor. We had we were a free state, always were. And, and we built upon an industrial uh, type right. of complex. And, and the South was based on a lot of, like you said, and free labor. Agriculture and free agriculture labor. Agriculture and free labor. And they built upon that, which in, in no circumstances, I, I, I think, is acceptable. They, uh, they were taken by, in Africa, they were kidnapped by rival tribes or, yeah. or you know, other, other, other black people. That yeah. would take them, and then the white people would say, "Okay, we'll give you money. You go get them, round them up. We'll take them." Yeah. And and until England, um, until uh, William Wilberforce and some of the 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 the, the people of, of London said, "Hey, wait a minute," and they got a conscience and they said, "This is not right." When they witnessed some of this, they said, "We can't we can't abide by this. This is not right." And then they started turning that, but but so many lives were changed and and destroyed now are we better for it i mean you as a black man you know you've got a great opportunity here in america that maybe you wouldn't have had if you were still over there and because they got so many warring tribes and so forth i've got a buddy just come back from senegal helping the the farmers there in senegal and, and trying to help them produce some basic you know, food for their, their survival. And, and it just breaks your heart for those people who are se seemingly stuck in, in a situation. But um, yeah, to say that, that you're, you're better off because you were a slave, that's ah, a stretch. And I, I don't know why you even have to, to, to promote that. Why don't you just say, hey, this is an ugly time yeah. in our history. People were treated totally inhumanely. They kept them ignorant because they wouldn't let them learn to read or write, okay? When you keep them from doing that, then you keep them suppressed. Uh, and, and that's the thing I'm talking about, being honest. Let's say, hey, you know, they meant to keep them down, and there's different ways to do it. I mean, you can do yeah. it with, with a whip and chains, or you can do it by, you know, uh, mentally, you know, well, depriving them of, of an education. Well, I got it. And then even after that, right? Even yes. Once we were free after the civil war yep. we we were still three-fifths of a person with no yep. voting rights you're right, you're right. <laughs> so yeah. so I, I i'm i'm so when you say now watch this here's the magnitude of this that we got to think about if you're requiring all middle school teachers they got to teach this don't you think you got a, quite a few middle teachers that are black <laughs> yeah you know there are so you now know. you're going to require me yeah in order for me to keep my livelihood, yeah, 
I've got to teach something that I know is not true about my own race. Yeah. And and is it just is it a is it like a just a blanket statement that they have to have, or is there like a a curriculum that says, okay, this is a unit that you've got to teach, you know, like an hour or or two sessions on, and these are specific things that you have. I don't. They can't say that, can it's they? It's a whole curriculum. Legal, it's legal, called the anti-woke public school curriculum on Black history. Now I can so understand. It's the, it's, the new, it's the new approved Black history that can be taught in Florida for middle schools. It goes back to history. Period. It's not black history. It's not white history. It's history. Right. It's what happened. And I see so many of these movies I love. They go back and, and they poke white people like me in the nose and say, listen, jerk, this is how, you know, these people treat not, not me personally, right. but this is the life that they had to live. And, and, and like I told you before, Leslie, these movies and this history should be taught year round, not just one month. I think it's right. crap. one month. It's baloney. It should be part of every month of every school year. There should be videos, documentaries, movies that talk about these wonderful people that overcame all this stuff. Part of the book we're talking about here, Booker T. Washington, George Washington Carver. Yeah. These are great American heroes that overcome. They started out in slavery and they come through the worst of it and, and they come out on the other side and they should be lifted up as heroes in our American history because they overcame came more than, you know, any of us white guys, you know, by far. We never were pinned down like that. Now, I know some of the out east, uh, you know, the Irish and, and Catholics and all this, you know, they were denied a lot of rights and, and all this stuff, but never were they chained and drug across the ocean and many of them you know died through all that and then once they got here then they were you know enslaved for years and years and years and beaten unmercifully i just it makes me sick to think of of, of what mankind can do to mankind and 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 for you and i to be talking and saying wait a minute we are on the same team we 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 cut and we bleed red just and we can interchange our blood because we're the same people. It's just it's ridiculous. So there's only one race. It's a human race. It's not a whole bunch of you know different. We're all the same. And and the sooner we realize that, and the sooner we talk about it, the better off we're going to be. I, I'm going to tell you something. I listened to Ice Cube this week. He did a couple interviews, and I'm not a rapper fan at all i mean there's a few rap songs but that's just not my style now i listen to a lot of different music but but that's just not something that ever you know i enjoyed at all but ice cube he was just talking about he said he made a statement and i thought this was awesome he says when you stop talking that's when the fighting starts so we've got as black and white people we need to be talking mm-hmm and I thought, wow, that's a good intro for our. Uh, we need exactly. to for our show. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we've got to talk, Leslie. We've got to talk, and we've got to be honest about the people that are that are so called on our side, or you know, especially politics or conservative or liberal or whatever. Listen, if they're screwing up and saying stupid stuff, and they're doing stupid things, we need to say, wait a minute, that's stupid. <laughs> Oh, no doubt about it. And I think, you know, when I hear it, and, and so for me, 
like I said, Black history, you're right. If if we really want to make it history, then let's talk about America's history. Yes. And black history is a part of America's history. Sure it is. We Why are we relegated to one month, right? Yeah. Uh, so it goes back to that thing. So are we one-twelfth of, of, of the history now? <laughs> you know, yeah. so it, it sends messages all the time. And what I what I what I always say, I spend a lot of time teaching and talking about it, is think about this, Dave. So we don't even talk like there's so much to be learned. There's so much to be learned from really true history for both black and white folks. Yes. Because what you'll learn if you study the Montgomery boycott, you'll learn that that one of the crucial helpers of the Montgomery bus boycott was actually the white women, the wives of the um, wealthy uh, or affluent whites that that they were trying to protect and take care of their maids. And so they all had cars. So they went out and drove their cars to pick up their employees to come <laughs> to work during the boycott until their husbands got wind of it and got pissed off at them. <laughs> and some even divorced them and shut them down and shut them out, right? Yeah, yeah. But but they knew the risk, but they knew that what they were doing was not right. Yes. And so they said, but we, we get it's so 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 for you to come and shut down and change history, no, no. because if we learn from that history, yeah. that helps a person like you, Dave, say, Wow, yeah, you know what? I want to be like those people, I want to do something. Yes, I want to stand in the gap, I want to help. Because now you see examples, whereas most people probably think nobody ever helped that whites yeah. were not involved in the civil rights movement. That's just not true. Yeah, some of it's, some of them lost. Many of them lost their lives too, because they understood that what was happening was inhumane. Yeah, and Dr. King yeah. said it all the time: "This is not a black or a white. This is an issue of humanity." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just an issue of humanity. Yeah, and so. I still work hard every day, hoping that one day, one day, that we can live in a world where people are judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're, I not, we're not there yet. Yeah, well, I watch my granddaughters, and, and my oldest one, Harper Lee, she's six now, and I love to see her on a playground. She'll go, uh, we'll go to a restaurant or something, they'll have a little playground there, and she immediately, she doesn't see color. She sees another child. She sees another teammate, someone to play with. And she says, she'll go right to them, stand right in their face and say, do you want to play with me? Do you want to play with me? And I think we as adults, we miss out when we don't say, hey, I'm Dave. Your name's Leslie. You want to play? You want to, you want to do something fun together? You want to learn together? You want to enjoy life together? It's like, we are so stupid as, as adults, we don't look at our children and see that, that color blindness, you know, and it's not just the color, it's it's any differences between us, okay? Yes. Um, because you've got a lot of handicapped people that um, that people won't even look at them, they won't acknowledge them, and, and it's just like they, they don't even exist. And it's like, wait a minute, that is a human being, they're on your team, it makes you a bigger person when you uh, reach down and, and help them up or encourage them in some way. And so, and it's very simple. It's one person at a time, Leslie, one encounter at a time 
whenever you meet somebody on the street or you see them in a store, you look them in the eye, you greet them kindly and wish them good well, goodwill. You just say, hello, how are you doing? Good to see you. Have a nice day. It's not that hard. It it's really amazing. It doesn't take much. It, it doesn't, doesn't take, take much, either. right? And, and you know what? And you said something that's so true. We are um, pretty, pretty dumbfounded and pretty ignorant as adults sometimes. Because yeah. here's the thing. The other thing we do as, a, as adults, we take that innocence, innocence away from our kids. Yes, we do. Because remember, they don't, they're not come here. God didn't create them. They're not born with that. No. That's why they can go to the park and they can be free. Sure. That, that's the true form. Yeah. Now, in order for them to become the other person, they are taught that. Sure. And sure. Guess who's doing the teaching, the adults? That's right. right? That's so right. We can learn a lot. You know, um, there's that, there's that, that was that show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? I'm like, most of us are not. <laughs> <laughs> right. We just don't act it. We just don't do it, Leslie. And it, and and it's almost like we need a slap upside the head on a regular basis to say, wait a minute, think like a child, look through the eyes of a child, and 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 look and learn from those children because they they just they have so much to give us. And and you and I, when we talk, okay, when I listen to you talk, I learn something. Because it's something that I didn't know before. It's something maybe I didn't see on the news or I didn't read in a book or whatever. And so when I listen to you, not only do I, I learn facts and, and things, but I learn history. I learn current events. And then I learn how to, to love you more as a friend. I learn, you know, things that are, are near and dear to your heart. Uh, and, and so it makes me say, okay. Leslie likes these things, you know, I need to remember that so so we can connect more and I can serve you in, in, in a different way or a better way. And so, but we, we miss out so much because we don't take the time to focus in and see each other for the valuable people that we are. And it's sad. Yeah. And you know what? I, I just want to, in, in recap, I want to remind for, if you go back, revisit our show last week, we actually gave you five strategies to to, to yep. begin true relationships and, and how to start. I want to encourage you. Reach out to us at Black and White Men Talking. Bring us into your organization with our training curriculums and our workshops to help you lead the transition so that your employees can truly learn the tools to build true connections and friendships that allow them to really work together. You think they're effective now. You think they're productive now watch the transformation after they've gone through the education and retooling from black and white men talking. Right. You don't know what you could be until you bring us in so we can navigate you there and show you. So I can tell you that you have issues in your organization, whether you see them or not, I can assure you they're there if you have a diverse organization and we want to help you navigate through that. Dave, it's a pleasure as always. Thank you. Tackling these issues with you. I wanted to, you know, in summary of this, uh, and then I'm going to kick it to you to give your summary. In summary of this, I want people to understand. I'm, I don't get upset if a person has a different opinion than me. Mm -hmm. I get upset when people speak ignorance, regardless of where it comes from. Right. And that statement was ignorant. <laughs> 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 I mean, and for it to come from a governor that I know has 
advisors that craft the speech, watch everything he say. No, that's a, nobody on his staff wrote that. That was him, and that's his decision to do something that I'm sure he would advise. Please don't say that, and he did it anyway. Yeah, so that's intentional. And so what that tells me that speaks to your moral character, what you're really about. And then when the backlash comes, instead of you saying, you know what, ooh, I didn't realize how offensive that can be. I apologize. Let's totally get rid of that. That is not the right move or not not the path we want to lay. You double down. <laughs> yeah. And you then you make the, he makes the statement says, I don't see what all the issue is about. They surely benefited from slavery. Yeah. So I I just want to send a news flash to America right quick. No black person benefited from slavery. The people that benefited from slavery were the landowners and the farmers that we provided free labor for. There were benefit. There were people that benefited from slavery, but they were not slaves. So let's get that clear. So if you want to say an ignorant statement like that, I'm going to call you out on that ignorance every single time because that's ignorant, that's thoughtless, that's not considerate. That is the most unempathetic thing I've ever heard in my life. And so Florida is not Wyoming. Florida has a huge black population. And so for you to come out and make that kind of statement, especially a state where you barely won the election uh, and you're running for president, on top of this, I'm like, dude, this this has got to be the most. Um, I, I, I just I was speechless. When I, <laughs> I, I get speechless very often, but it was yeah. that ignorant yeah. of a statement because, yeah. again, that's like saying, um, I let's say if if I um, have a condition and I'm I'm definitely allergic to cheese. And then day you come to visit me and I got a whole tub of cheese. That's ignorant. <laughs> That's ignorant to me. There's no way you can justify that. that. I don't care how good of friends we are. You got to tell me. That's ignorant. And you got to take that cheese away. Yeah. I'm about to kill myself. <laughs> right. right, right. That's what this statement was to me. It was, it was ignorant. And then on top of that, though, I saw the non-humanity side because he doubled down on the statement. Yeah, yeah. You didn't reevaluate once you saw the feelings and how much this caused and hurt people. You didn't reevaluate it. You doubled down. Yeah, and and the fact that there was backlash that lets you know. Wait a minute. Maybe I did say something. You know that didn't come out right. He's a he's supposedly an intellectual. Uh, you know, kind of a policy kind of guy. He's he's not got the charisma. I, I think his wife is 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 pretty good about that other stuff. But but when people say, wait a minute, I heard this, you said this, am I hearing you right? You know, and, and you need to, it's like a lie. And here's how I'm gonna kind of close this out. Okay. Number one, be honest, okay, with yourself and be honest with others. And if they tell you something, listen and say, wait a minute, it must have come out wrong or they didn't hear what I was saying or what I was meaning in my heart. But it's like telling a lie, okay? When you tell a lie, here's what's going to happen. At some point, you're going to have to tell another lie to cover it up, or you're going to have to fess up and say, you know what? I was wrong. 
Okay. That was a point where he said, he should have said, wait a minute. Uh, I was wrong. I meant to say this, or here's what I was, was saying. Okay. And then you tell that, if you tell that second lie and you're like, no, 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 nothing happened here. You know, I lied. And you tell a third lie to cover up the second lie and the first lie. And it just becomes an ugly mess. And then you got a lot of people like you, Leslie, that are just like, wait a minute, this just does not make sense. And, and you have really, you know, cut us in a deep way by saying these things. And, and, and why do you keep, you know, uh, you know, doubling down or, or not acknowledging, you know, that, that now I can understand because people get offended over so many things. I mean, I get offended, but it's like, okay, is that going to do me any good? Can I, can I change it? You know, I, I don't like certain things, but it's part of life, but we need to be aware that we're hurting people with our words. Okay. And with our actions and we decide what we do and we decide what we say. So you better make good choices when it comes to that, because those will always come back to haunt you if you're not, you know, genuine and watching what you're saying and doing. So, oh, yeah, I mean, I think he is clearly trying to position himself to the right of Trump. And I didn't even think you could go to the right of Trump, <laughs> but but he is. And then he made his latest statement he made. He said, at the end of the day, you've got to choose. Are you going to side with Kamala, Kamala Harris? And liberal media outlets, or are you going to side with the state of Florida? DeSantis told reporters as he campaigned an hour. And what I wanted to tell him, ain't nobody siding with the state of Florida. We ain't siding with you because you don't represent the whole state of Florida. Right. Well, <laughs> you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like you, you represent you represent a viewpoint, but yeah. you can't speak for all the citizens of Florida. Tell me, you're going to side with Kamala, you're going to side with Florida because I can assure you. And in the state of Florida, there's a lot of whites and blacks that don't agree with this ignorance. Yeah. So, well, so. and a lot of people, it's it's like I said, you know, people, uh, if, if we're on two different teams and we're playing each other in, in a game and I've got a guy on my team that is cutting you down, you know, I mean, cheating. Okay, you know when a guy is, is doing a, a crackback right. block, which right. is illegal, and the reason right. it's illegal because it hurts people. Right. And and you've got to end people's careers too. That yeah. ends people's careers, and it's like, hey, cut it out, you know. And I mean, I don't care if he's on your team or not. The truth is the truth. You got to straighten it up, and and it's up to you to stand up. And that's a daily thing, Leslie. When we see any kind of injustice around us, we need to step up and say, wait a minute, I'm not going to go for this. It's wrong. That's true. I don't care how you slice it, it's wrong. It's okay. Wrong. So, yeah. Well, that's what I love about you, my friend. Uh, and I think and, and I think there's a lot more of us. Yes. There are people that agree with this. And so totally what I'm agree. saying to the people that agree with it, you have to say something. Yeah. You have to stand up. That's why I wanted to do the show. But you have to voice it. You can't sit on the bench. Yeah. Right. You can't, you can't sit on the bench because to say nothing is to is to is to side with it. You, you, you yeah. have to be vocal. And your opposition of wrong, you know that as a Christian, you you, get, yeah. you gotta be. Listen, you because because otherwise, I don't want to be held accountable for not telling you. Now yes. it's your choice what you do, but I don't want to be held accountable for not telling you if I know something is wrong. So yeah, um, but this, I think we're at a point now where um, we are crossing a line 
that is 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 really really bad. It's one thing when you want to miseducate adults because they're supposed to be able to read, decipher, and learn from themselves. Totally you know, true. Hadn't got to that point of life yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they're very impressionable. So you you're trying to change the whole way people think about something that what you presented is not factual. It's not true. Yeah. yeah. So that's my problem with it. It's, it takes me back to the Jim Crow voting errors. And, and a couple of weeks ago, well, actually last month, uh, Dave, I told you I had the opportunity to travel to Montgomery, Alabama. Right. I was in a right. camp there and I had a chance to spend a few days in Montgomery with my wife and we, we went museum crazy. Sure. I'm the wonderful museums in Montgomery, Alabama. If you dare, just go check. I, I mean, the prices are super affordable. I think my highest museum cost ticket was ten dollars. Uh, yes. So great opportunity. What what I learned and gathered during that time was so valuable, so valuable. And I think for those of us that don't get out and go to museums, go. You gotta educate yourselves. Yeah. on what actually happened because then you can speak i can speak passionately because i know what happened right you but i've educated myself if you don't know then it keeps you quiet because you don't know but you don't know because you're choosing not to know that's right and that's so right. that's inaction and inaction is no action which is a vote for the oppressor and i'm telling you take action learn don't take my word for it go do your research and homework yeah. And then make your decision and get in the game, get in the game. And that's what I love. And a lot of things you guys might not know about my good buddy, Dave over there. Dave is an incredible speaker, but Dave loves to tell the story of George Washington Carver. Mm-hmm. And yep. I can't tell the story. I'm a, I like to think I'm a pretty good storyteller, but I can't tell the story. <laughs> like Dave can. <laughs> But he he loves George Washington Carver, and yep. he can tell that story in a way that just makes you feel like you were sitting right beside George Washington Carver, <laughs> you know. And um, and I just I get excited every time he tells it. Yeah. I love to hear it, right? Because that passion is an infectious, and so we've got to. But he had to educate himself on that, right? Neither he or I grew up with George Washington Carver. Yep. So the reason why George Washington Carver became such a, a one of his favorite people is because when he read about him, he had things that connected him and he really admired that. So he had to educate himself. So, you know, as we told you last week, step one is education and awareness. Step two is building empathy. You got to have empathy so you don't say crazy crap like this, like Governor DeSantis <laughs> said. And then you got to engage in dialogue, open and honest dialogue. You got to talk about it. Not the surface issue. You got to go in there. You got to get your hands there. You got to have true conversation about it. Yep. Got to do it. And then number four, you've got to have advocacy, which means you've got to take action. Right. You got to do something. So you can't just hide. <laughs> you can't keep all the knowledge to yourself. Say, hey, man, I wouldn't learn. Now I've changed. And I'm just going to ask, well, did you have, share that knowledge with anybody? No, no, I just kept it to myself. No, no, no. You got to take, you got to have advocacy. You got to take action. All right. And so I just want to remind us all, it's not enough to know it's wrong and say nothing. Right. It's not enough to know you've done something wrong and do nothing. It's not enough to sit back and say, well, I didn't do it. 
it's not enough. Yeah. Because if we're ever going to be what I believe God has called us to be, which is unity together, moving and marching in the right steps in unison for Christ together, we're not supposed to be on different beats. That's right. Yeah. You know, because when I read my Bible and I read Matthew 6 and 12, it's gonna say the same thing you would say. That's right. <laughs> so I'm I'm so so I'm I get confused sometimes. <laughs> how, how we I'm like, what Bible are you reading? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because your actions are telling me something totally different than what you're supposed to be studying. So I'm just I'm just, I'm going to call you out on that, right? So yeah. it's like you're going to call me out. So I think the beauty of, as I bring this to a close of black and white men talking, the solution is right here, what Dave and I are doing. The solution is in the conversation, open and honest conversation. And you know how this friendship started? There's a couple of us. This is not all of the group. You know, we got Greg and Armando. So we, it, I don't even remember how it happened, but somebody came and somebody said, hey, you want to come to lunch with us? You want to join us? Yep. That's right. They took action. And then I got to receive that action. And I said, absolutely. You see how that works? That's right. The commitment on both sides. And then you can build something really, really special. And that has been a life changer for me. Yep. And that's how we solve this. Because as I told you before, the true to building a great nation, the true to building a great community, the truth to building a great community is in the 90%, not the 10. DeSantis is the 5%. He's an extremist on one side. Then you're going to have the extremist that's on the total opposite side. Far left and far right is not where it's at. They only like themselves. The rest of us, 90% 90% of us live right there in the middle. And we have got to make the decision that we're going to stop letting the 10%, the 5% on each side tell us how we're supposed to live. That's right. That's right. I get I, I get sick of that. You're right, yeah. Leslie. I get so tired of, you know, you talk about uh, from where I'm from, they say the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Well, a minimum, you have four wheels on your car or truck or whatever. You have at least four, and you've got one that's causing a lot of trouble, and the other three are just fine. Well, you pay attention to that one that's squeaky. And and in life, it's nine wheels that are that are just fine, and then there's just that you know that tenth one that's a pain in the butt, and they just want to cause trouble and stir up the mess. And it's like, really, life is great and, until you come along and you're trying to mess everybody else's world up. Here's the problem. The reason they do that is because the nine are just sitting there watching them. No, true, true. And the nine just stand up in unison. Nobody can hear the one. Yeah. Because right. the one can't drown out nine. Yeah. But the nine can drown out one. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're exactly right. Too much sitting on our, our thumbs and, and just not really. And that's that's why, Leslie, I say, you know, we don't have to start a big march or a movement or any of this stuff. What we've got to start with is every single encounter with every human being each and every day. Okay. When we meet someone, when we walk by someone, pass by someone in a store, in a restaurant, on the street, 
acknowledge them, look them in the eye, uh, you know, smile as a minimum, just look at, look at them and smile, acknowledge that they're a human being. Cause I guarantee you they have value and you need to, to, to share, you know, a smile with them. And then if you want to say, Hey, how you doing? Or, or uh, good to see you or have a nice day. Very simple, but it's one person at a time. It's not a big, you know, you know, gather the, the neighborhood together and just, you know, go have a big, big uh, thing. No, it's every day, every encounter, every person. Well, there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find us at Black and White Men Talking. You can find us on wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Bleacher Notes, whatever. You can find us. We're there. You can also find us on YouTube at Black and White Men Talking uh, on YouTube as well. Listen, we would love to hear from you. Comment, share, invite others. You will see us every Sunday afternoon. Uh, we come to you with another heavy hitter banger episode. So every Sunday afternoon. So go like our page, set the notifications so you'll be notified when we're on. Come join the conversation. We would love to hear your comments, incorporate that in the show, talk about any issues you want us to talk about. And coming up in the near future, we're going to have some special guests that's going to be rolling in this fall, joining the conversation and really stirring things up. So you don't want to miss that because if there's one thing Dave and I can do and we do real well together, we can create some chaos. <laughs> we can create some chaos. So uh, Dave, final words and you take us out. Yeah. Leslie, thanks a lot. I appreciate your honesty and, and just saying, hey, this kind of stuff hurts my feelings. This kind of stuff is uncalled for. And I appreciate you bringing those things up, even though, uh, you know, you know that that we're going to rub each other a little bit, you know, maybe the wrong way or we're going to see things differently. I appreciate you bringing up the, those little difficult situations and, and, and conversations where we can explore and find out, hey, there is a problem here. I didn't realize it. I see it. I didn't hear it or I see it now. And I appreciate you because you are intellectually honest. And that's what I want out of life. I want people to be genuine and I want them to be intellectually honest. And and Leslie, thanks a million. I appreciate you being my friend and I love well, you. Hold on, Dave. I don't want to put on that. Tell them, uh, give them an idea. We're working on a book. Uh, yes. White men talking the book. Um, man, I tell you, I'm going to let Dave talk to you about that. Yeah. He's he's the famous author. I just write a few <laughs> lines here there, you know. Uh, so tell me about the book, Dave. Yeah, I've been I've been working on this uh, black and white men talking and uh, and it really gets into uh, just some action items of, of what you can do each and every day to make your life better, to make other people's life better, and, and to grow and realize you're on the same team. I've got some of the ABCs uh, of, of life and, and growing and getting better. And we're also going to have a, a, the accompanying workbook uh, to go with it for uh, companies, organizations, people that want to, to go through the training with us. Uh, we'll have that workbook to go through there, something where they have very simple action items. It's not a just fluffing stuff. 
you know, here's some, some nice things to say and here's, here's what you do. It's very basic. One, two, three, do these things. And it's basically the book is kind of like uh, my wife. I told her, I said, honey, when we got married, you know, some 40 years ago, I said, if you really want me to do something, I said, you got to make it very simple, straightforward. You put your hands on my cheeks and look me in the eye and say, Dave, do this. <laughs> and I, and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I don't, you know, I'm not real sharp. Some days, some days I'm tree stump stupid, but other days I am sharp. And and this is a book to help you be a better you. And in turn, it makes a better community and a better world. And that's, that's what it's about. And, and I'm excited about it, Leslie. I think uh, we're going to change a lot of lives and, and it's not just us. It's by people taking action every single day. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about all the things we're going to do. Now, HR directors, the uh, diversity inclusion directors, listen, you heard the man. Call <laughs> us, contact us, get us into your organizations to help you because I can promise you it's not as good as you think it is. And so we can help you there. We can help you. We got some assessments, got some things we can do, help you identify the areas to target, and then we start building out the tools to help your organization get stronger, especially in terms of those interpersonal uh, conversations between black and white men. So that's where we are. I hope you've gotten something out of this. I hope you've learned something today. If some of you didn't even know about the uh, this this whole issue in Florida and what the Santos said, because it's not on your radar, it doesn't affect you, and that's why I'm here uh, from the black perspective to let you know why it's bothering us and why it's such an issue um and there and, and that's that's how it works and that's why you got to have the friendships because there are likewise there can be something happening on the white community that affect me i don't know about it yep and then they will bring it to my attention and that's the beauty of what we do here sure <laughs> every week at black and white men talking we get to have fun talking about it we that's do right. it all the time and we love every minute of it so, in the famous words of comedian George Wallace, Dave, I absolutely love you. And there's nothing, I mean nothing, you can do about it. Thank you, buddy. All right, sir. You take care. <laughs>